Hello, hello, Mediaverse members, and welcome to Mediaverse Unwrapped, where we bring our non-toxic Facebook community of Marvel fans to life. I'm your host, Max Taff, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Frosted to My Flakes, Megan Spangler. Hello, salutations, Earthlings. This week, we discuss our reviews and breakdowns of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and deep dive into some Easter eggs you may have missed. We are so excited for this episode. I loved the movie. What did you think, oh, Megan? Oh my god, I, I still can't put into words how I usually get tired during movies, just sitting mm. in one spot and staring. But I think my mouth was just wide open the whole time. Oh my god, it was insane. I told it was incredible. All, I told all of you it would be better than the first one, and here we are saying the same <gasps> thing. Sure, oh you goodness. did. Yeah, it's just, oh my god, they they killed it. Oh they my. Did. I love that they started with Gwen Stacy and her story, because that's overdue. Oh, definitely. I I loved so much about this film. I, I think that it was just honestly, like, the most perfect Spider-Man film you can get. Um, I was so blown away by everything. It just, like... It just hit all the right notes, you know, and they you can tell that the creators, no matter what part of cre the creation process they were a part of in this film, like they put so much love and care and detail and just were so like diligent to make sure this was going to be even better than the first. And I honestly will tell you, I, in my own personal opinion, I think that this is at least on par, if not better than the first one, I think. I think it's the best Spider-Man movie. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what Tom Holland thinks because he said Into the Spider-Verse was the best Spider-Man movie before this came out. So I knew we were going to go into a live action universe and I knew mm -hmm. that Venom would be involved, but I didn't know that was just going to be it. I thought we were going to see Andrew and Toby and interact with them, not see them at their worst. Yeah, it's true. I think that that was pretty wild. Like through our predictions that we did last week, we were really heavily leaning into like oh toby andrew and tom are gonna be in the film and then that didn't end up like happening at least not in the way we were thinking it was going to happen because i mean i thought that was really cool how they still made them a part of the story and they and it was in such an organic way yeah i love that it wasn't forced and i really like that it i mm -hmm. it's just everything about it was really organic i really liked it I, miles just keeps getting better and better as a character Mm -hmm. I really loved all the content with his parents. Me too. This is going to be really controversial and people are going to come at me for this, but I will say I am starting to like Miles Morales a little bit more than Peter Parker. And don't get me wrong, I still love Peter, but Miles, for some reason, I find his story so fresh, so interesting, so unique. I mean, they've really taken like Spider-Man and like reinvented him in Miles Morales. And I think that's so cool after so many reboots that Sony has tried to pull over the last like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice to see this like fresh, you know, fresh face. Yeah. It, it, you're exactly right. It is just, it's so fresh mm -hmm. and there's so much to work with. And they, I feel like they've gone over and beyond with such a new face. So already, mm -hmm. because we've gotten how many Spider-Man, how many reboots, how many, how many Uncle Ben's have died? <laughs> and then you have Miles, who just, it's just insane. And I really like that they spoke about that, what happens in the other Spider-Man's universe. Like when Gwen Stacy said, all the other Gwen Stacy's, something bad happens to them, they fall in love. Yes. Also, I could feel Miles' heart break. So they just made it so real. They did. They did. They, they really grounded it in a lot of real subject matter. And I, I love that. And I think that's so interesting how, you're right, like when they brought that up, I was, I, immediately you flashed back to Andrew and you're like oh my gosh like seeing Gwen fall from that tower and it's just I don't want that to happen to Spider-Gwen I love Spider-Gwen <laughs> I think she's my favorite one now she out of all of them she's incredible good lord she's awesome I think she's badass I couldn't get enough of her she's just because in the first one she was very very supporting mm -hmm. she was helping Miles through it uh, even though she wasn't trying to she was just accepting yeah and this one I liked seeing that part of her where she's going, she's, she's going through some shit and handles it beautifully. Like a boss. Yeah. She's just on the right side of things. And I appreciate that. I mean, I think, I think it was really interesting how they picked up from where the last movie let off, but also gave us so much context in that just little, little beginning part where it's like, we see that Gwen has been like on the run. Like she's been, she ran away from home. She's been in the multiverse doing all these different things, trying to escape her problems. 
thought that was really interesting and cool, especially, you know, coupled with the big reveal that, you know, all spider people have to deal with that big loss. And it yeah. was going to be like her dad, you know, that's who she was anticipating it to be. She's probably like, I'm definitely not going home now. So yeah. it just was really interesting to see. And I just, I don't know, the spider society was so cool to see all these different spider people interacting like in the same place. Yeah. And then I really enjoyed just, that. I don't know. I, I did too. I thought it was so cool how they brought back like a ton of different animated Spider-Men from the past, from different spider TV shows or whatever, or what have you. And they, they were all just there like mingling, like mm-hmm, just chilling in the cafeteria or whatever. I thought it was dope. I did too. I was so blown away by just not only the visuals, because let's be honest, like the visual aspect of the film was so intense and beautiful and so many beautiful colors and Mm -hmm. the animators really took their time. I mean, obviously, you can tell they've been putting work into this for years. It wasn't like one of these quick turnaround, like, oh, being announced and then next year comes out kind of deals. No, it's been in the works and it just so well crafted. They finished it a few weeks before it premiered. Wow. Because I remember the... It was either the producer or the head artist on it. One of them uh, tweeted, it's finally done. And we we're like, bro, it's supposed to come out next week. Like, oh, my goodness. It's like, uh, it's coming out like in a few days. <laughs> like, that's how much work they put into it. That that says a lot. It, it was straight from a comic book. I, that was just they totally you just never see anything like that. It's just so insane. No, and I mean, everybody seems to be going crazy for this film. I mean, the reviews are stellar. I haven't really seen anyone talk speaking like in, in any way negative about the film at all, have you? No, not a single person, which we haven't seen something like this in a long time. I can't remember true. something that had this positive of feedback in a few years, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I think that's crazy um, that it's being so well-received. And like even Rotten Tomatoes, the score is nearly perfect. The audience <laughs> score is nearly perfect. Like, I just like I don't and I don't know it, it, this one really hits like really well. Um yeah. and I I will have to say it was just I was so excited for this from the get-go. I just I knew something special was coming. But you know with these types of films like when you have such a great first film, the sequel almost never lives up to the first one. And I was expecting 100%. it to ha- like drop off a little bit. I was like okay, well, you know, I was expecting a little bit of drop off. Um in quality or you know in storyline or whatever but it really seems that they have their shit together and i love it and i i'm just <laughs> there was not one boring part of the film to me like i was glued to the screen the entire time just enjoying every second i i, I will say i love this film i personally I, i'm trying to think of something that i disliked about it and i can't really come up with anything other than the fact that i mean yeah it would have been cool to see toby andrew or tom like in in, in live action but I think we're going to get that in the next film. And I do have some thoughts on all that later on. But yeah, I think you got to leave something for beyond the Spider-Verse. Exactly. That's what I think. It's going to be beyond the Spider-Verse. I think they're going to merge it with the MCU. Calling it right now. I think so too. Yeah. Because there were so many MCU drops in this movie. I still think they're lying when they said we had nothing to do with Marvel. You had to. Don't lie to me. Blue Panther. Yeah. Get out of here. Doctor Strange. Yeah, that little nerd from one nine 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 nine. He sounded really funny when he said it, though. I know <laughs> he did. I, I think the one thing I am confused about is mm-hmm. Miguel O'Hara. He got all these Spider-Man, Spider-People, Spider-Everything to try to kill Miles. Mm-hmm. But that's not very spider-like. That's not very Spider-Man-like, in my opinion. How did he do that? See, that's a good point you just raised, because now that I think about it, I don't know if his motivation was to kill Miles, or if it was to just, like, capture him until his... Because, you know, the dad was the police captain now, so that's, like, what they were saying, he's gonna die in the next couple of days. So they were gonna yeah. try and keep him there until that happened. I don't know, because then, you know, later in the movie, he tells Miles about how he's a mistake and you know, he shouldn't exist in the multiverse, that his spider bite was meant for someone else in another in another universe. So, I, you know, that's a good question, actually. That was that is a little confusing. Yeah, because I think he started off um, trying to hold him down until it happened, until his dad died. Mm-hmm. Then he was like, OK, I am so sick of this kid. I'm just going to kill him. I mean, he never <laughs> actually says it, but then it goes back to. So you were just going to let his dad willingly die? That's not very Spider-Man-like. Yeah. And then 
uh, Gwen was all for it until she saw that her dad quit and she snapped out of it. She was like, oh, we don't have to let people die. So he's got a, he's got some, something going on with all these spider people. Miguel O'Hara is pulling the strings on something. That angry, bitter man. My Lord. He was so all over the place. Like he definitely has got a few screws loose. Um, yeah, and I love how Gwen. Yeah, you're right. Gwen was totally all for it until she's like, "Oh wait, my dad could live." Oh wait, okay, yeah. never mind. Like, yeah. So she's like, "Oh, so he was lying." We don't have to wait for all this to happen. I have questions that I need answered that will only be answered and beyond the Spider Verse. So it's about to be a very exhausting two years. I mean, not even two years because it's coming out next year. Mm, for now. In March. It says it for now. I don't trust anything anymore until until I'm there because of all the delays and the strikes. I know, it's true. Until we get the first trailer. But even then, we gotta, like, ugh! Because, you know, they're not writing right now. There's no writers. So. It's true. I think it's definitely gonna be delayed. I'm just, I'm not putting myself in that position to get excited. <laughs> don't want to get your hopes up. <laughs> My poor heart can't take it. <laughs> like, here's what I was thinking when they announced when I when I finally like read into it and realized they were announcing that they're releasing these movies like less than a year apart. I mean, because it's supposed to come out next March. Um, I'm thinking that in order for them to make such a bold claim after how long this one took and how long you know animation typically takes, they must have the film. Like they must have just done it like like you know kind of like an Avengers like Infinity War and Endgame where they film them back to back. And then just like kind of stagger the release. I think that sounds about right to me because, you know, the actors have, can't, you know, in less than a year, they, they're not expected to like drop everything just to, you There's know, no be way. able to record. And so I think that they must have it at least mostly done. They probably have it, the basis of it done. There hasn't been any editing, no uh, rewrites, revoiced, not reshoots. So I think they're going to take this year to do that. So that's what I think. But they probably can't do anything because the strike. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's so many complicated barriers right now with that strike going on. And it's still going strong. And we do stand with the writers. But come on, studios. Yeah, let's do. go. Come, come pay our writers. We're tired of our stuff being delayed. We're we're frustrated. And it's not because of the strike. It's because of what the strike is showing. That mm -hmm. they're still holding out on these poor writers. That I'd be, I'd be yeah. mad as hell if I was a writer. I know. Me too. Me too. I would be absolutely pissed. I mean, I've I've worked in unions before and it's just it, it's always so annoying and like difficult when the company doesn't want to like meet you halfway with like negotiations and stuff because it's like you can't do this without us. Like, why are you holding it up? Because you're going to have to give in at some point to something. There's not going to be like a universe where the writers are just like, you know, what? never mind. Let's just go back to work. You know what I mean? Like they're going to have to. Yeah come up with some money and you know with some incentive to keep them the rumors are that it's netflix holding them all up i've been hearing that too how did you feel about peter b parker i thought he was funny and i didn't think that it was too over the top but i know actually that is one thing i've seen people complaining about online now that you reminded me People were saying that they kind of loved his character, but I don't really think so. I thought it was like a nice, nice natural progression for him. Now he's a dad, and I thought it was kind of funny he was bringing his daughter, and I didn't, I didn't find her annoying because they kind of kept her just to like you know, a little funny bit. So I don't know. I thought he was fine. What did you think? So for those listeners out there that have children, you know damn well <laughs> as soon as you have a child, part of your personality goes into that child. Your life, your energy, everything goes into that. So mm -hmm. they can say that they flubbed or took his personality away. It's kind of like they split it in half and gave it to Mayday, which I think worked really, really mm. well. He was an exhausting parent, and Mayday was a little terror, just climbing everything, and it was it was perfect. And and I, uh, I watched it and just kind of thought, oh, there's my life. There's my kids. <laughs> so, so if you're if you're complaining, ha have a child, and then come back have to me and tell child. me how much person. Yeah, tell me how much personality you have after that because it's not much. There's not much left over for for the parents. There's not. There's not. 
we're so tired. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked his character, and I'm excited to see more of him. And he's on the team that Gwen put together at the end with he Mayday. Was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then we saw Penny Parker. We saw mm -hmm. Black Noir and Spider Ham, Peter Porker. That I'm excited for. <laughs> They're so goofy, and I love so them. That so cool. Yeah, I love the whole, you know, original team that he had. Um, I thought it was really cool that, like, at the end of this one, they all came back, like, for him with Gwen mm -hmm. and with Peter B. Parker. I thought that was really cool. Um, you could tell Gwen was like, damn, I messed up, you know? Yeah. Because like, the, the betrayal on Miles' face, like, towards the end of the film when he's like, even you, like, Gwen, like, you're also chasing after me. Like, you knew this, like, was what he was coming after me for. You knew this was going to happen, and, like, you, you still are on his side like what is this like he would I, I could feel the heartbreak like it was that was like emotional i felt bad for miles yeah he, their friendship took a beating in this movie it but it made sense it wasn't yeah. forced or anything it was he really thought she was coming back to hang out and he was so sad it, it was just it was really yeah. sad when he realized why she came back and when she wasn't she wasn't supposed to come back and uh, I just felt so bad for him because he really missed them. He missed the whole team. So I can't wait to see his face when he sees them back coming for him. I totally agree. I'm so happy to see that. And to be honest with you, I don't know. People were saying they flubbed his character, but like, let's look at, you know, the progression of this character. Like at first he's this lazy Spider-Man who's like basically like borderline retired almost, you know, yeah. he just got dumped by his wife going through like craziness, depressed, like not wanting to help miles at all. And then, you know, finally towards the end of the movie, he's like, you know, getting into gear and he realizes there's more to his life than, you know, his hardships and he's trying to overcome them. And then we see, you know, in this film, we see he has overcome them in, in like, what is it, a year and four months that passes yeah. between both each movie. Mm -hmm. And he now he has a baby. He's become a dad. He got back together with his wife. He's learning to, to you know, be a human again after like going through so much, so many bad things. So it's like I find this to be a very natural progression, and I don't I don't see where those people are saying that. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what what was something that you didn't like about the film? Um, nothing. No, I I'm okay that we didn't <laughs> even see someone die. That's okay. Wow. <laughs> I know. Whoa. <laughs> like, no one died, like, like actively. But uh, Gwen's best friend died. But, you know, that's whatever. It doesn't matter to me. No, <laughs> I could. him. Yeah. Yeah. I could rewatch that movie easily right now. It, it's just, it was that freaking good. So good. Oh. Like, I, knew, I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't mm. know it was going to be mind-blowingly good. Yeah. I feel the same way. And I honestly, like, I I left the theater, like, already wanting to watch it again. Like, I can't wait for yeah. it to come out. And I, I can't wait to see it. Like, again, I, I'm so excited for that. I want to rewatch it and get all those little... Because one thing, one thing I will tell you I didn't like, and it had nothing to do with the actual film. It was just... I don't know if it was, like, edited for time, because it was kind of a long movie for being animated. Um, but I feel like the little... You know how they would have those little thought bubbles and, like, little, you know, editor's notes popping yeah. up on the screen? They were so quick. I could barely see them. I was like, by the time I was trying to read it, it was gone. And I was like, what the heck? Oh, no. You know, I agree with that. Yeah, they were that they were very rushed. I, I didn't understand that at all. It was very blink and you'll miss it kind of stuff. Like, I, 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 by the time I realized it was there and I was trying to, like, figure out what it said, it was just gone already. And I was like, well, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, it's like the different Spider-Man, all the Easter eggs. Blink and you'll miss it. It was it was very quick. They so quick. They wanted you to keep talking about it and continuing it. Hmm, that could be what it was. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean we're we're doing it right now, and we're about to name That's off true. some Easter eggs that you may have missed. So they yeah mission accomplished. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um. So let's talk about like our favorite parts of the film. Megan, why don't you tell me what some of your favorite parts of the movie were? Spider Man India. That guy, Ooh. I loved him. Him and Spider Punk, I loved them with such a fiery passion, <laughs> because Spider Punk <laughs> is such an instigator, and it's so perfect. Oh yeah, the, 
the way they do that. I, oh, I just loved it so much. What about you? I will say that I liked Spider-Punk a lot more than I thought I was going to. I thought I was going to find his character annoying. He was super cool. Voiced by Daniel Kaluuya, who we know mm-hmm. from Black Panther and, you know, a bunch of other things that he's been in, you know. he's a, He was incredible in the role. I forgot it was him until I remembered, like, I was like, who voices Spider-Punk? And I was like, oh, wait, they already announced who it was. Yeah, I forgot too. So I was very impressed with that. Spider-Man India was incredible. I loved the... The whole, you know, his universe and his city, Mumbatan, where he lives. Like, I thought that was so interesting and very cool, very colorful. I thought his, his, his sense of humor was hilarious. I liked yeah. how he was making fun of Miles for saying chai tea instead of just chai, because chai means tea. <laughs> uh, which is something that I learned in this film. <laughs> I did not know that. Same with non bread. Apparently, it's non. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, definitely oh. a lot of teachable moments. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. Um, that was. I will say some of my favorite, like favorite, favorite moments were I loved how much we got to see of Miles' parents. Um, I feel like we didn't get as much of them in the first film because it was more so about his origin story. And now I feel like we're finding out like how his whole like relationship dynamic with them has changed since, you know, before he got his powers. I thought it was really interesting. His mom is hilarious. Um, yeah. I thought she was brilliant i love them both together yes oh yes huh. i definitely loved seeing more of his mom and she was super funny um but i'll say my favorite moments in the film overall i loved i love the spot i thought he was so cool um his whole origin and the way that they connected it back to the first film like this random background character that miles throws a bagel at be is like the main villain of the the rest of the trilogy is yeah. just insane i thought that was so cool they did that i thought i really liked how creative that was like all of mm-hmm. it, everything was spot was just spot on. It was spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious, but yeah, I really, I really liked him. That was a really good idea. I, I loved how he went into you know the Venom verse and connected that into things. Um, I'm assuming now that like Morbius and Venom are officially like in the same universe. They take. They take, or they take place in the same universe because it would just make more sense since they didn't visit a different universe for anything having to do with him, which could either be because they want to forget he exists or <laughs> they want to yeah. connect everything and they're just like, oh, we'll just make this part of Venom. So just if you surprise us enough, we won't talk about how bad Morbius was. So <laughs> they're like, <laughs> just give us Vulture. They'll They'll just look at Vulture, make it make sense. Somehow they did. And I'm just sitting here confused. I, I will say that just like the whole film, there was so much to enjoy and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, not one bad thing that I can truly say about this movie that isn't just like nitpicking or like really oddly specific. So I'm, I'm really happy with how it came out and I, I really enjoyed going to see it. So it was definitely like a win for Sony. So congratulations, Sony. Congratulations. Very well earned. <laughs> And very surprising because it is Sony. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm still not over Morbius, so <laughs> I don't think any always... of us are. Ah, <laughs> uh, I know. It's just it's always gonna hurt me. So let's get into some of these Easter eggs that Megan has found for us in the film that we are going to discuss for you and break down now. So Megan, why don't you kick us off with our Easter egg roundup? So, um, Easter eggs you guys might have missed. The watercolor aesthetic of Gwen's universe looks virtually identical to that of the original comics from artist Robbie Rodriguez. Gwen is Mm. also seen briefly continuing her career as a drummer for the rock band named The Mary Janes, which it shows in the comics along with her living with her overprotective yet fun-loving dad. I love how they they really went out of their way to make sure that these characters were like as comic accurate as possible. I think that's so incredible and awesome, especially in in animation where it's so easy to just like, you know, add a few characters in versus like live action where you have to go through the whole process of like casting the right actor to play this, you know, it's like, it's so simple in animation. And I love that they really took their time to make sure that everything was like lined up across their T's dotted their eyes. I love that part of it. I did too. They really, they really did put in the work. They, they got comic nerds and to work on this movie, and that is the secret to success, mm-hmm. right there. Absolutely, that's the secret ingredient for sure. Um, one thing that I, I, 
I remembered was that Gwen was in that band called the Mary Janes. And then when I connected it in my head, I was like, oh, wait. So does that mean that we saw Mary Jane Watson in this film? Like, was she one of her bandmates? Because isn't she part of the band in the comic? I didn't actually piece that together until you said that right now. So, huh. Hmm. Brain blast. So, listeners, if you know, please let us know. All right. So, our next one, Donald Glover as the Prowler, which I flipped when I saw him. And yeah. so did the rest of the theater that I was sitting in. Everyone went nuts. Uh, <laughs> we saw a cameo of him in Spider-Man Homecoming as the Prowler's alter ego, or real name, Aaron Davis, which is Miles Morales' uncle. He mentioned offhandedly in Homecoming that he had a nephew, so that was our hint at Miles being somewhere in the MCU. We saw him in Spider Society's headquarters with other villains that include a few different variations of Rhino, Doc Ock, and even Craven the Hunter. Um, that was insane. That was insane. I saw a few Rhinos uh, miss Tyrio. That was kind of cool. Doc Ock. And then mm. I, didn't, I don't remember seeing a Craven. But so much was happening, so... I know. There was so much I was trying to, like, analyze from that scene because there were so many, like, specific, like, Easter eggs that were popping out that, like, I, I remember them mentioning Craven, but I don't particularly remember seeing him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, when they showed Donald Glover as the Prowler, like, my mind just blew. I was like, whoa, that was a huge MCU connection. I mean, using the same actor from an MCU film... In, in live action, like, and you know Donald Glover wasn't cheap, so for them to do that was oh, very no. specifically done in that, in that way. And it blew my mind how well the live action character went with the movie. Yeah. So that was really cool to see. That's a very good point you make, because he, it, even though it, it, like you could tell it was different, it was in live action, like, just, I don't know, they somehow made it where it just blended in seamlessly with what was going on, and I, I don't know if it was because... We already see so many different art styles, like, you know, hinting that everyone, you know, that it's possible for people to look very different in this unit, in this multiverse, um, and still mm. come together and see each other and, you know, and, and whatnot. But, or I don't know if it was just because, like, he was in that, like, little prison bubble, so it made him look kind of, like, like, colored in. I don't know what it was, but something about it, like, it worked so well. Like, it really looked good. I agree. It I, it was good, and it makes me even more excited beyond the Spider Verse, where we're definitely going to get more of that. Oh, I think so too. I think so too, and I yeah. also particularly love the fact that he had on like an actual like costume, like an actual Prowler costume, instead of them just like CGIing him like a super suit or or whatever. Like I thought that was really mm -hmm. cool. Like because I've seen some behind the scenes pictures like yesterday or the day before of Donald Glover behind the scenes filming those you know scenes. Um, and he's in like a full Prowler getup, which I was like, wow, that's the attention to detail, just incredible, especially for an animated film where it would have been so easy for them to be like, oh, let's just slap some, some clothes on him and, you know, he'll be fine. They really went you the extra Donald, mile and I thought that was so cool. You know, Donald Glover wanted a suit. Who wouldn't? Oh yeah. Moving on. Andrew Garfield was shown in his own universe dealing with the death of Gwen Stacy's dad, Captain Stacy. I thought it was interesting they showed that and not Gwen Stacy dying at some point. You know, you're so right. And I, when I saw it and I saw, I first I was like, who is that man that he's with? Because I, I remember, <laughs> I didn't remember Gwen's dad died in that film. So I yeah. was like, who is that man he's with? It was really weird. I was like, did they edit someone in place of Gwen? Like, did Emma Stone not give her permission to like reuse that scene or something? Like, that was just really weird. And then I was like, oh, he's with Gwen's dad. And then it kind of clicked. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like it would have made more sense for his Spider-Man to have been with Gwen as his, like, lo like loss. But I yeah. guess if they're trying to tie it into the whole police captain thing, it makes sense. I don't know. It makes sense. But also, Gwen in the movie brought up Gwen Stacy dying in other universes. But who knows? It could come back. It could come back in the next movie. It's true. It's very true. You know, another one of our Easter eggs was Tobey Maguire in his own universe dealing with the death of his Uncle Ben. Like, you could see that clearly. Like, they had different, like, thumbnails while they were showing it on the... I don't know if it was a computer screen they were looking at or a hologram or whatever it was. But Thanks to see that, too. Yeah. That was, that was wild. Was just... But then again, it's like, they showed him with Uncle... Well, I guess the Uncle Ben thing is kind of like a theme amongst them. I don't know. I just... I still find it weird they didn't show Andrew with Gwen. I mean, it worked out for Toby. I'm not a huge fan. 
of Toby or seeing Uncle Ben die again. Freaking again. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It, it worked for the movie. That's fine. Let's just stay away from anyone. If you have an Uncle Ben, just... Just keep him at home. <laughs> yeah. So we saw the spot go into the Venomverse, into Mrs. Chen's convenience store. Yes. That was really was so cool. cool. I loved it. I did too. I I like Mrs. Chen. I think she's a funny character. I like her dynamic with Eddie Brock. Um, yeah. And I thought it was cool how he was buying, like, or he was grabbing, a, what was it? The, the gum was called, like, Venomint or something? Venomint yeah. gum? Then he said Spearmint. So that was cool. I mean, it seems like in his own little universe, Venom is becoming quite the celebrity. So that's interesting. That is really interesting. I, I need more spec. I need more clarity on that. Because that is odd. I do too. I do too. There's so much clarity that needs to be done with like the live action Sony Spider Verse films that, yeah, there there definitely needs to be. I mean, we de- I I will get into it in a little bit, but I have some theories. Our next Easter egg is the Spectacular Spider Man was brought back after being canceled in 2009 and being vo- and he was voiced by the original voice actor Josh Keaton. I loved that. I thought that was so cool. I really like that too. That, that that just makes me happy. They went to that extra mile. Yeah. Like, oh, the attention to detail was so incredible because they could have easily just been like, oh, we'll just make a bunch of spider people up. We don't have to, you know, be revisiting these old characters that we that we had. But, like, for them to really go back and copy the animation style and bring them in and bring the voice actors back, like, it, it wasn't just Josh Keaton. It was a few other um, animated Spider-Men that got their chance to come back and reprise the role, which is amazing. I love that. I agree. I really, I, I love when they do that. It just, uh, it just makes me happy. Moving on, J. Jonah Jameson's voice can be heard voiced by J.K. Simmons. He tears into Spider-Man and Spider-Woman in Across the Spider-Verse, proving to be one of the most loved yet grating constants in the multiverse. Yes. Oh my God. I died when I heard his voice. They did a really good job of keeping a lot of these cameos and stuff under wraps because I had had no idea he was going to be in this. I had heard nothing about it, and I thought that was really cool that he, I guess he's like, you know, the nexus, one of the nexus beings of the MCU. He's always <laughs> the same in every or every universe, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's I really love that. And, I mean, you can't not have him, so now it would just be silly hmm. if they didn't. But I didn't expect. Truthfully, he does such a good job in the role that it's like I wouldn't want them to cast someone else as J. Jonah Jameson. Like I'm so happy he's the one that they're sticking with. Yeah, I agree. He just, like I said, you can't not have him. It just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So, another interesting Easter egg that we found was the fact that Vulture seems to be the constant universe hopper of Spider-Man's villains. We seen him in homecoming we saw him again in morbius now we're seeing him again across the spider verse i i thought that was really interesting that they chose to use his character over again like what is the connection do you think megan and i don't know and it was a renaissance era vulture Mm -hmm. so it was it was pretty random but it i mean it worked well i guess there's only so many spider-man villains that they don't have in their spider society headquarters jail but it was random, but it worked out well. Yeah, like, you're right. It was kind of random. I thought it was weird because yeah. it was like this, like Leonardo da Vinci, like a Renaissance, like Megan said, uh, version of Vulture. I was like, what is he doing here? And then <laughs> when they kind of explain a little bit more about how, you know, the multiverse works as far as like their concern and how these things are happening, it really illuminated a lot of the Sony Spider-Verse in a lot of enlightening ways, I'll say. Yeah. Moving on, in the same prison section of the Spider Society where Miles Morales' Spider-Man found Donald Glover's Prowler, audience can spot Insomniac Spider-Man. This Spider-Man features the beloved Marvel Spider-Man, a title set for a sequel in the fall of 2023. Yes. Genki plays Marvel's Spider-Man on PS5. Miles' roommate is seen in their dorm room with a PlayStation 5 controller in his hand. What's notable about what he is playing is the fact that he is in the midst of traversal combat in Marvel's Spider-Man. And I really <laughs> loved how they brought these video game Spider-Man into the mix, too. I mean, they really left, like, no Spider-Man unturned. Everybody was brought in. Uh, almost everyone. I didn't see Tom Holland. 
That's true. That there you go. That's true. Where's Tom, from- Sony? Yeah. Hashtag justice for Tom. I think he'll be in uh what's it called? The uh Beyond the Spider Verse. There's no way they don't go. They've done everything else. While running through the Spider Society's halls, Miles Morales finds himself in what seems to be a training area for spider people. This area is filled with heavy weights to lift, as well as a combat area to fight iconic Spider-Man villains from the Sinister Six and other rogues gallery enemies from the character's past. One character that features as a cardboard nemesis is Dr. Octopus, but more importantly, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. This is indicated by the voice line that plays, which is the same, Hello, Peter. That broke the yeah. internet in the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Another part of the MCU in the movie. Yes. God. That was nuts. That was nuts. I was very happy about that. But I was like, come on. You had to have worked with Marvel somehow to get all these. Yeah, absolutely. Like, whoever, who was it that was saying the other day that we covered on our show that was saying that they were not uh, connecting it to the MCU? It was like the One the of the producer. co-directors. The co-director. Producer? Co-director? No, I think it was, it was co-director. Yeah, it was one of them that said it, and I was like, you're trolling. Don't even start with me. <laughs> you're See trolling. Right you. <laughs> yeah, because I, I felt trolled. I feel like he's lying to me. I don't like liars. So, you made a great movie, but you're a liar. Exactly. And I just look, I just realized who it was. It was co-director Kemp Powers. He was totally... And you know what? We called him out in our predictions episode. He definitely was trolling. I mean, it wasn't as big as we thought it was going to be. But I definitely see the influence, and he was super trolling us. But it was still a lot. It was still a lot. You'd still have to ask Marvel's permission. There's no way. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm sick of the lies, Kemp. Sick of the lies. Sick of the damn lies, Kemp. Stop it. So, moving on. Gwen Stacy, is she an ally, or is she trans? In her room, you can see a protect trans kid flag, and her father wears a trans ally pin on his work jacket. If you'll notice, in the movie, her face was the slightest bit more masculine in the movie. And when discussing her troubles with her dad, and she was showing her frustration and how upset she was, the entire room changed to the colors of the trans flag. It was blue, white, and pink. Which I thought was like, all right, it's obvious now. It, it, I, I think she's trans. That's insane to me. That's amazing. I didn't even pick up on his on her dad wearing the trans flag yeah. on her on his work jacket. Wow. I, I know I saw the poster. Yeah. And then she was wearing a trans pin at the prom. So there's a lot of hints here. Wow. And I hope they're true. This is a beautiful representation. It's so nice. It is. And on Pride Month. Freaking Pride Month. Yeah, that's so true. That's amazing. I love that. Um, I mean, can you imagine making yeah. like a main character trans and such a natural, like non over the top or crazy way like that? That's insane. If Gwen ends up being trans, I would I think I would actually really love that. I think it would be really cool um, evolution for her character, like to see her in this new in this new light. I heard the rumors before I went into the movie, then went in the movie and I was like, oh, come on obviously she is i mean there was just a lot of changes to her that i really appreciated so i hope it's true because if it is that's a really beautiful thing it is i i'm excited to see if they can if they officially confirm it or like undeniably like prove it in the next film that she is not just an ally but she is actually trans herself i think that's gonna be like really cool and i i think that you know, it does so much for so many fans. I think it's just such a beautiful thing that they've they've done. And it's just wonderful. Just wonderful. It's just heartwarming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, speaking of Gwen Stacy, her best friend, Peter Parker, it turns out the Peter Parker of Earth-65 was relentlessly bullied with one of his tormentors being someone named Ned, a possible nod to Ned Leeds, a.k.a. the Hobgoblin, a.k.a. Peter Parker's best friend, a.k.a. the man in the chair of Earth-616 in the MCU. <laughs> Fed up with the bullying, Peter creates a serum to turn himself into this universe's version of the Lizard, attacking his school's dance. Gwen fights the scaly beast, not realiz- realizing that it's actually her best friend, and Peter is unfortunately killed in the aftermath of her trying to protect the other people at the school's dance. That's insane. That was really crazy to me. 
I didn't see it coming. I didn't think she would be the one. I knew she, I knew he died, but I didn't know mm-hmm. it was at her hands. So they, that, I thought that was a pretty creative way they did that because he just wanted to be like her. Not that yeah, she knew. That's true. That's insane. And then she also mentioned like being like in love with him at one point in the film. So I thought that was really beautiful. And it was sad because it, I, I just, I love. I, I love these things with these multiverse stories where it's like these same characters they give like a like a nice twist to. I thought that was really interesting that mm-hmm. he ended up being the lizard. Um, and I thought that was really cool how they kind of made him like in the, in that specific universe, Gwen gets a spider bite instead of him and he ends up like this monster. I thought it was a very interesting yeah. twist on his character. I really like that. Yeah, it I like how creative they got with each and every character because you can only do so many things when you're dealing with a million Peter Parkers. It's true. It's very true. (laughs) As Sony has learned over the years. I'm sure they have. (laughs) Um, So Gwen creates a new team of spider friends to save Miles that include Peter B. Parker, Mayday Parker, Spider-Punk, and Spider-Man India. But it looks like we'll be getting some characters back who were in from Into the Spider-Verse. That includes Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir, and Penny Parker. I'm so excited to see them back. Me too. It's I love when they do this, when they bring back these characters from the beginning of the story that haven't been around for a while. And they just like reincorporate them in. It just For me, it feels like such a full circle moment going back to the roots, like bringing these characters back that fans really loved from the first one. I, I'm all for it. I think it's going to be amazing, and I can't wait to see why these spider people in particular are not part of the spider society and how they're going to fight Miguel O'Hara and the rest of them and Spot and save the multiverse and just continue to exist. So I'm, I'm really excited for Beyond the Spider-Verse in that respect. I am too. It, it just... it. In my head, I'm like, there's no way they can top across the Spider-Verse. But I said that about Into the Spider-Verse, and then I didn't say that about it. And now it's like, just just do what you want, Sony. My fate is in your hands. <laughs> just take care of us, Sony. Be gentle. A little bit of Spider-Man news this week. We didn't get much news, but what we did get was Spider-Man. Producer mm-hmm. Amy Pascal announces that a live-action Miles Morales movie is happening, and an animated Spider-Woman movie is in the works. It, they don't say if it's Sony or MCU. Just That's all she gave us. I am so stoked about this, because one thing that I haven't talked about yet is Spider-Woman Issa Rae, um, I thought she was amazing. I thought she was really cool. I liked I the fact too. that she was like a pregnant superhero, like just kicking ass. Um, I didn't like how shady she was. But, you know, she knew what she was doing was wrong, but she was siding with Spider-Man 2099 anyway in their pursuit for Miles. I didn't like how she was dissing Gwen either. Like she she came off very um, like she was going to be like this like nurturing figure for Gwen. And then she's like, sorry, girl, if you get caught, you're on your own. Like, I don't know. I didn't really okay. like that. It rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I didn't like that either. It, I think she was still under Miguel's little spell he has going on under all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're going to find out that he has somehow manipulated all these Spider-Men with a machine or, I don't know, magic somehow. Because all of them believing him is wild to me. Yeah, I mean, he, he really has everyone brainwashed. I don't I don't get it, but it seems like... Ooh, what if it's through the wrist bracelets that they have? What if that's <gasps> how it... Because... Oh, oh, my God. Brain blast, everyone! Oh, my God. I had two in one episode? That's wild. That, because if that's you think insane. about it... Okay. Wait a minute now. If you think about it, Spider-Punk, I don't think, wore his consecutively. And he was always very, like, on the fence of what was going on. And then when he takes his off and throws it... That's when you see this full circle. He goes to make his own bracelet to travel the multiverse on his own to try and help Gwen and Peter uh, and Miles. And then when and Gwen when, gets hers yeah. taken off, that's when she wakes up. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's perfect. Oh my I God, think he just solved it. That's so crazy. 
I, I think you solved it. It could totally be it. Well, we just no need to see beyond the spider verse. <laughs> we just solved that mystery. <laughs> so you know, guys, save your money. Just listen to us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. We're going to dive into how does this connect to the MCU exactly? And I have my own multiverse theory. But Megan, what did you think about all of the MCU nods and connections and Easter eggs and and everything that we got from this film? I think that the MCU is going to verge with the Spider-Verse and Beyond the Spider-Verse. And no one can tell me otherwise. So I'm not listening to any directors who are here to tell me that it's not true. Because it's happening and that's... (laughs) what it is so that's what it is what about you i totally agree with what you said um i think that there's just too much now for them not to i mean it's already been said like i I bring this up all the time amy pascal confirmed that they're going to continue a partnership with marvel studios like back when no way home was coming out um and then she retracted what she said but (laughs) The cat's out of the bag, Amy. You can't hide this forever. It's very obvious that this is the route they're moving towards. I mean, given the ending of Venom 2, given, you know, the involvement of Venom in, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home and the rest of the Sony multiverse, Spider-Verse, whatever you want to call them, Spider-Man being in No Way Home. I mean, Morbius, it seems that they're starting to try and link the two together. Um, and I have a couple of, I have a theory about how all this is going to connect. And it's really interesting. One thing I loved about this movie is that they basically fixed Morbius, that weird post-credit scene that made no sense that everybody was so upset about, myself included. Um, they fixed it. <laughs> yeah. I did not see that coming. You could have given me a million guesses and that wouldn't have been one of them. Yeah. And, and they did it in such a way that I was like, well, damn, they got me. That actually makes sense. Like, they, <laughs> they, they made it make sense. <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know or or who haven't seen the film, basically the way that they justified Vulture popping into Morbius's universe that was completely unexplained in the film had made no sense when you think about the rules of Doctor Strange's spell and how they were, you know, portraying everything. The way they made it make sense was that they basically blamed everything on Miles. <laughs> like when, yeah. when, when that super when that super collider went off in the first movie and kind of disrupted everything, and you know, we they kind of continued it at the beginning of this film with you know, the Renaissance vulture popping into this universe and them explaining how different villains have been getting transported to different places. Um, They basically, you know, explain how as part of that whole situation, that's how a vulture got into the Venomverse or the Morbiusverse, whatever. And I thought that was so brilliant Mm -hmm. and so cool that they did that. And now I'm excited to see how they fix it. And I have a theory as to where this is all going. But basically, my theory is this. Okay, if anyone wants to hear what Max's multiverse of theories <laughs> involving the merging of the Spider-Verse and the MCU, and this is based off a couple of things I've heard from other people and kind of pieced together myself. But where my head is at with this was, Kang was protect- protecting the sacred timeline of his universes, right? Like, anybody... Mm-hmm. any universe that was taken over by Kang, protected by the sacred timeline kept in its own little bubble and the interesting thing is that when miguel o'hara shows the multiverse at first it looks exactly like the multiverse that we have seen in loki specifically where we see the 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 same aesthetic of the way the multiverse looks the branching it looked identical to what we've seen in the mcu and how they're showcasing their own multiverse Once the timeline was freed by Loki and Sylvie, Doctor Strange's spell officially cracked the multiverse aspect of things open with the magic spell that he cast for Peter that went wrong. Um, This allowed the chaos caused by Miles and the Particle Accelerator to leak into the MCU and displace Vulture as shown in Across the Spider-Verse and in Morbius when we see him popping in at that post-credit scene. Which explains why he crossed over with Morbius And my personal theory is that given how they're setting these multiversal villains up, it seems to me that the Sinister Six movie that we all know Sony is planning, like, even though it hasn't been announced, we know they're planning this. 
will be a team of multiversal Spider-Man rogues villains that have been displaced and Tom Holland, Spider-Man and Miles Morales will need to stop them. I think that is where this is all leading. I think that the reason why they're calling it beyond the Spider-Verse this time is because it's going to go beyond just the Spider-Verse and into these live action universes. It's going to go into like MCU stuff. That is my theory. What do you think? I think if that theory doesn't happen, I quit comic book movies forever because I need that to happen. <laughs> oh my God. Doesn't that sound good? Like, oh, yes. Especially the Sinister Six movie. Oh, we all know. You're right. We all know it's good. It's, it's where they're going. They, they'd mm. be stupid not to. So, yeah, I'd really like to see that with. Yeah, because that would make sense why Tom Holland wasn't in this movie. Right, because he's part of the sacred timeline, or he was. So maybe he that's why he doesn't know the rest of the Spider-Men. Hmm, I think, yeah, I think this holds some water. This makes sense. I think so, too. I think so, too. Let's see if I'm right. I wonder if Andrew and Toby know about the Spider Society. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know either. Um, and we have, like, no one to know. talk to about these things. <laughs> we have no one to ask for confirmation. <laughs> I'm just going to DM Amy Pascal real quick. We'll get this back to you guys next week. Don't worry. <laughs> We're on the case. Yeah, she'll, she'll let us know. You know, we just know people. But I will say that one thing that I was very surprised at, given how this story was and how they kept talking about, you know, the web of, you know, the, the certain webbing between the multiverses that has to do specifically with the Spider-Verse and all those different things. I'm really surprised, especially given the fact that Sony is coming out with the movie next year. There was no Madam Web reference at all. Like, at all. I don't. I just realized that. Huh. Maybe they think it might suck. I don't know. <laughs> it's a fair bet. It's a fair thing to assume. But I think it'll be cool. I mean, with Sony, such a mixed bag. I don't know what to expect, really. It's, it's, it's tough. Who knows? But, know. like, I just wish we had someone to confirm all this, but we don't. Just got to keep waiting. Gotta keep on trucking, I Just guess. Just gotta keep waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap on Mediaverse Unwrapped. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, join our non-toxic Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Follow our public Facebook page, Mediaverse Plus. Follow us on Twitter at MediaverseTU and on Instagram and YouTube at Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Our new episodes premiere Wednesdays on Spotify. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye for now. Sweet niblets, y'all.